0: like truly scripted a theme song and somehow it just turned into a bit that I make up a new theme song every time we have an episode oh,
1: and now on. I I will never record one now it's never happening oh good because you have to always do it
0: um i think i'm going to go strings today guys we're going to go with a All right da da-da-da, da-da-da, hey guys welcome to the uh ring of fire podcast i'm emmy the birth wizard
1: i'm alex barr the alex barr (laughs) and today we have a guest our very first guest
2: hello i'm Lindsay. i'm a midwife (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah and so we're gonna get to talk about oh my they're just everywhere right now um (laughs) We're going to talk all about home birth and doulas and how our two ecosystems interact and how we can uh, spread more information about home birth and that kind of thing and hear about uh, Lindsay's journey and all sorts of fun things up ahead. So,
1: welcome everyone and welcome
2: Lindsay to our podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited.
1: Do you just want to tell us a little start with telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into midwifery and all the good things?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um so I started I attended my first birth in 2016 um because my very 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 good friend was a home birth midwife and she claims that she knew that I was a midwife but the moment she met me. Even before I knew that I was a midwife. Um, I had just graduated with my degree in biology. I was trying to figure out what my path was. Um, and she had this client who was like, oh my gosh, more the merrier, education for all. Like, I love risk clients. It was so great. So um I got to attend her birth and it was incredible. And then I did a few like observing assists on and off until I had my daughter at home in 2018, um, and her labor was really long and tough. And I am sure that I would have been in a very different situation if I hadn't been at home. And I was like, this is the experience that I want to help people have. Um, so I quit my teaching job and I (laughs) went full force into it, um, and decided to just, live, breathe everything midwifery until I got my license in 2020. Um, The
1: perfect year to get a license. Oh, Oh great year to start everything. 2020. Highly (laughs) recommend it. Good
2: times. Good times for all of us. Oh my gosh. There was nothing big happening that year. Nothing (laughs) Nothing. big. No, not at all. And of course, the day after I found out that I passed my big exam, I also found out I was pregnant. The biggest day. Wow. All of the things yeah it also was my birthday it was all of the things <laughs> um and so I had done all of my like licensed midwife births now pregnant which was a whole experience in and of itself um and then I had a very different experience the second time being a home birth transfer um and I ended up having a c-section so I tell people I've had it, like every single experience that you can have now.
1: Really uh, which,
2: have. Yeah. is actually like looking back on it right in the moment I wasn't in the same place, but now looking back on it, it's so cool that I have these experiences to pull from, um, to help with for my clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Being someone who also had, had like a gamut of experiences <laughs> when it came to birth, um, birthing myself like I think that makes you an even better advocate in the room and like understanding of all types of birth and how they can be valid and like healing rather than experiencing one type over and over again not that I don't love one type over and over again they're all great (laughs) but there's something about experiencing like that wide range of what it can all look like and still be like a birthday party um so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really cool that you've you've had those experiences. When you started, did you think um, like that first birth that you witnessed? Were you like, "That's it, she's right, like this is yeah. for me"? Or was it a little bit more convincing
2: that needed to happen? I was in denial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <bad. laughs> um, I because midwifery is, I mean, all birth work, right? It's so much. And it's such a big responsibility, and so for a long time, and that's why I was a biology teacher for three years while I still attended births on the side. It just it feels like how can I be so lucky to be the one to get to do this stuff, right? I know, Emmy, you were just talking about imposter syndrome on your social media, yeah, and it's exactly that, right? It's just I don't feel good enough for this. I can't fully commit because I I can't be that. So it took a long time for me to say, okay, yes, I can. And I'm going to, I'm going to commit to it.
0: (laughs) And I think it's so interesting that you're saying that because people feel that about teaching and you were doing something that was shaping young lives and young people. It's true. So you were already doing big (laughs) impact work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 just cool I, like that. I love hearing, the like in denial thing. Cause I feel like a lot of people are kind of in that way. Or I hear people who were like, yeah, I thought about becoming a doula like five years ago. And I was like, mm, not for me or, you know, something small. I remember always being like, I can't be around blood and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, no biggie, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was the deal breaker in my mind. I can't see blood.
2: <laughs> oh, and then you're here. And now oh. I'm like,
1: whatever.
0: <laughs> um, so it was a, a bit of a slower start to to be like, this is definitely the path. How did you find support from your your peers or even like your family members or friends when you were like, so I think I'm gonna do this
2: instead? <laughs> what was the reaction? Yeah. Um, it was mixed for sure. Uh, so of course with my like best friend being a home birth midwife, I had her support, which meant everything. Um, my husband is super supportive. So that also meant everything. I definitely think that my mom was like, you want to be a what now? Right. Once... She had to
1: Google what a midwife was.
2: <laughs> totally. Uh, and, you know, once I had my daughter at home, it was definitely a different mindset. People were like, oh, you're going to do the thing that helped you when you were pregnant. Like, I kind of get that now. <laughs> uh, but before that, it was just looked at as like, so what? You just bang on your bongo drums in the corner and hope that everything is uh... fine? <laughs>
0: Uh, i was waiting for the like drum circle reference uh-huh. i find that that's a i don't know of anyone who's attended a drum circle personally but i think it's very interesting that these like the birth work gets related to birth circle i mean drum circle so i think it's
1: i always it's get like oh so you're gonna be in the woods birthing in nature. <laughs> like i always <laughs> get like the hippie dippy like that's usually what people go with the banging bongos in the corner is pretty funny
2: <laughs> 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 i have definitely had um people who think that midwives do something of that sort right burn sage play bongos do just which some... you can find a midwife who does that we she does some. yeah i'm <laughs> gonna be watching for that everything is fine and safe and low risk right yes um and that's that's where the disconnect is because they think that we're only gonna use herbs, they're only gonna do one side and where most of us are gonna utilize everything that's in our toolkits instead of just just crossing our fingers and hoping everything's fine, right? <laughs>
1: That's why I find it interesting that people are always equating doulas and midwives as like the same thing. Oh. I'm like, oh, man, I had, I told someone I was going through the doula sort like training process. My training was like, not that long. It was like over five weeks, like one night a week. And I was like, yeah, I finished, you know, this is great. And they were like, it, it, it happened that fast. Like you you can help deliver babies now. Like wasn't like, they were so concerned that like, right. I had been medically trained at that point because they're like, there's no way. It's only been a couple weeks. (laughs) Because I think people, there's just this big misunderstanding of how much time and how much work goes into becoming a midwife. And that would be my next question. Like if you could go over like a little bit of like the process that it took for you to become a CPM.
2: Yeah. Um so there's a few different ways that you can become a CPM. Um You can go through like a traditional school um, and you do your schooling and then you'll also do a little bit of an apprenticeship um, to get in your birth hours, your hands-on hours that way. Or you can do a completely apprenticeship model. um, And that's the one that I did.
0: Um, Are there any uh, schools here in Arizona?
2: No, most of them have almost their complete programs online. Oh, um,
0: I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting to know. All right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and they'll require you to come out to wherever, like the home base is a few times a year or whatever it is. I know they're all different and I didn't go that route. So that's like the extent that I know of going through the schools. Um, but I know you don't have to be there like in person for all the classes. Cause a lot of it is done online, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And a lot of different places in the US are actually requiring that midwives go through that route now. And the route that I went through is becoming a lot less common. So, so
0: can we hear your take on that? Do you find that to be a positive thing or a negative thing? We've spoken in the past about access and like, what is our responsibility to make sure that our particular jobs as doulas don't become over Overregulated, I guess is the word I would totally. use, um, and making sure that this stays truly like the basis of the work, which is ancestral knowledge being passed along.
2: Sure, yeah, and I I agree, right? Um, and it's tricky because I get it. I get why going through the like schooling program is really great because then you know that every single person is getting these classes and you're not going to have a preceptor yes. who, right. Totally a preceptor who is just going to skip over suturing that, that preceptor yeah. doesn't believe in suturing, not going to teach to you at all, which okay. is how they practice, but maybe we shouldn't right, be making all midwives not know how to suture. Right. Um, so I understand that it fills the gaps and so that they don't have that. Um, but I do think that it also, yeah, makes it less accessible overall for a lot of people. Um, and that's also not
0: okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's okay that you have both opinions here. Right. Uh, it's a, we
1: yeah. love nuance a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's definitely a lot of that there. I don't think that like there's one right answer because it is such a complex topic i don't know how they would still make it accessible for everybody and especially like we need more midwives of color and like now they're we already we- at a disadvantage and then sending you know now you have to do this expensive schooling it just yes yeah. both sides
0: right both <laughs> sides yeah uh we really enjoy new nuance and now i'm going to ask a stupid question because you can suture, can you hem pants now? Because it's essentially sewing, right?
2: <laughs> oh, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> um, I I have not tried to hem any pants. Okay. My legs do not need hemming, so... Bonus okay.
1: episode. We're going to see how quickly oh, and while you can hem a of pants. Great. I have a couple pairs that need hemming, if I'll call you. (laughs) Stop your very important work of, you know, caring for pregnant people and uh, come help me shorten my (laughs) pants. So
0: for like a more serious question, I know that in your case, you did do the apprenticeship side. And I know that people can have more than one preceptor. Were you one of those individuals who had more than one preceptor?
2: Kind of um not cool, really more nuance <laughs> yeah so well and i'll i'll explain so i did i'd say 97% of my apprenticeship with one specific midwife um ah, so gotcha. definitely like had one practice that i was focused on um but i did have another amazing midwife who offered to have me come in for I think I did like six or seven births with her, just a small handful. um So, yeah, kind of. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone's different, right? I have friends right now going through the program to become CPMs, and there's one who ended up with three pre- preceptors at one mm-hmm. point. And I'm like, how do you even keep that straight? I would yeah. just be like, yes, ma'am, like to every single preceptor, so I wouldn't write up their names, like. <laughs> <laughs> and-
2: I got really, really lucky in a way that a lot of um, students don't because my preceptor was willing to take on just me as a student. Mm. And I was in a spot where I was able to commit hundred percent. Like I'm at every prenatal, I'm at every postpartum, I'm at every single thing. It was so cool. Um, But usually the midwives will have three students and they're sharing births and appointments and stuff. So you do, you know, taking multiple helps you to fill up um, with experience more. Whereas since I was doing everything, I got to see a whole bunch because I was in a busy practice.
0: Um,
2: But I still, even as a licensed midwife now, I love to attend births with other midwives because there's so much to learn from every single one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, tapping back into that whole ancestral knowledge thing, like everyone learned a piece of it and we're all just trying to pass it along to one another so maybe no. <laughs> we can all have one giant book like yes. when you interact.
1: With- so for anybody who doesn't know uh like a preceptor a preceptor would be like the midwife who is like teaching you all that stuff yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. that's cool I love it yeah and I'm and see I'm low-key just taking in all this knowledge because i've been considering <laughs> considering that as a path. Yeah. Oh yes.
0: She's thinking about evolving. Is what we call it.
1: Yeah. Like a pokemon. Right. <laughs> my next evolution. That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. I love it. Um so then my question would be about um doulas, which is really who we talk to a lot of on our podcast and uh, of the people who follow us. Um do you like working with doula's? Do you recommend your clients hire doulas? It's okay if you say no, but we're yeah. just
2: curious. <laughs> I love doulas. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that they're so important in every setting, including home. Um, and that I feel like is thrown around a lot. Like, oh well, you have a midwife, you don't need a doula. Your midwife can do all of the doula in things. While I can Do comfort measures, and I will, you know, be there for my client more than, you know, an OB in the hospital would be because they have all of these clients. I still think that doulas are an absolute necessity. Um, When you are a midwife, you are focused on the safety of everybody in the room, you are the care provider, right? I, if I have to choose between listening to heart tones or giving counter pressure, I'm going to listen to the baby, right? Yeah, I right. can't give that up even if I want to be, you know, rubbing someone's back. Um, and so that's, and I tell all my clients that I'm like, you want somebody in all of the roles so that I can be a hundred percent just in, I'm taking care of the safety of you and baby and you have a doula who does what they do best, which is making sure you are being taken care of for. And advocacy is sometimes still needed in home settings. Yeah.
0: Oh, let's say that one more time yeah. for <laughs> yeah. yeah. So,
2: yeah. And I, it really irks me when people are like, well, I mean, I, I don't need an advocate because I'm at home and it's just... I, I would hope that that's not the case, but I know right.
1: better. Yeah, right. yeah. And not and every I,
2: midwife has created equal,
0: right? And so. I, and I,
1: I think that's a little bit of like a fairy tale, I guess. I think people are told that oh, if you as long as you switch out of OB care and into midwife care, you're fine. There's no, mm-hmm. there's not, there's less things to worry about. Birth plan? Who needs one? Right? Like, I feel like there's so like. It's so interesting that people don't realize that it can happen anywhere, you know, and you can't, you, there is, there could always be a place where you need advocacy. Right. Totally. Yeah. And the the other thing I was going to say to that is what is interesting to me is people either say, well, I am at home and I have a midwife. I don't need a doula. Or people will say, well, next time, maybe I'll try a home birth with a doula. So like either way, people are like not understanding like where a doula comes in and where a doula can help. And I feel like you explain like where that could really help in home birth.
2: Yeah, totally. And that's the doula is there for the family. I would never expect a doula to help me as like an assistant or anything. I just, I love having that person there for that. Client, that family, whoever, um, because they deserve it, and yeah. I wish that everybody could have a doula. Yeah, <laughs> I want a doula for just don't like, we all <laughs> take care of me. You're
1: right? Oh my gosh, I say that all the time. I'm like, I wish, I wish I had a doula to help me with this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Any adult situation, I'm like, oh, I need somebody to help me with this. <laughs> Um I'm gonna you... be... Sorry go ahead. Go for it. I was no, going to make you're... a joke. <laughs> tell, tell us your joke first. I was just going to say I I will become I need somebody to become a doula to help me like with like taxes and like taking care of my car
0: and like I need one right now all to put the away my things. Christmas decorations. Just yes. someone to be like you can do it. Just open the the scary closet just open yes. it I and mean, you can do it. A- emmy Run. had to put
1: emmy had to put out a call around christmas for someone who <laughs> would wrap presents for her i'm just too
0: busy i'm just too busy guys I'm too busy. it's a perfect
1: example of calling in support when you need it right yep
0: i still paid for it they were yeah i paid for their time um and their energy and stuff i don't ex- i i pay people their work. i would
1: have done it for free i love wrapping presents. just saying um
0: <laughs> you find that uh doulas reach out to you a lot because this is something that we get told in our trainings a lot is like reach out to your local midwife and like see if they have anyone who needs to do like free births or discounted births do you get that contact a lot or is it not as often because i think a lot of us will like hold back because we're like we don't want to bother them i don't want to like be the chick who's reaching out saying like hey you got work for me friend like that's definitely been my attitude
1: I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, not as often as you would think. I definitely have those people, right. That will reach out. Um, and not just doulas, all of the different kinds of birth workers or people who work with pregnant bodies that just, yeah, some people reach out, but I have the bandwidth that I could have a lot more people reaching out. Um, well, there you
1: go, guys, we'll we'll, we'll tag, we'll tag your socials and your email.
2: (laughs) Um, I, I think that it's really a smart idea to reach out. Um, I think that most of us are going to be super receptive. And if you are offering services that are at a discount or something like that, um, because that's what you're wanting to do. I would never request that of anybody unless it right. came at me saying that, because again, pay people what they're worth for their work. Exactly. Right? Um, exactly. But there are situations where I'll be like, Oh man, you know what? I know a perfect client for you. And then we can work stuff out like that. Yeah. And I'm fully going to give myself away
0: here. The reason <laughs> Lindsay and I know each other is because I pulled that move guys. Um, <laughs> And it's because I went to her preceptor of the time and literally brought her cookies and business cards and was like, I know nothing about home birth. Can you please talk to me about it? And it was after that coffee, her, her friend and her preceptor was like, I think we got the perfect person for you. What do you think? And Lindsay was like, yeah, she seems cool. Let's try this. So (laughs) truly like I'm someone who's done the thing. And that was my first uh, VBAC birth that I got booked for. And it was the first home birth I got booked for. Mm -hmm. And that that birther is still in contact with me today. And I still get baby photos on occasion. So (laughs) um, I'm a big believer in putting yourself out there, but go with a heart that's forgiving. Because Mm -hmm. I think if I had shown up and been like, what do you guys got to give me? It would have been a very different story at the end. Like, yeah, And I think that's a big part of it of like, when you receive that advice, go with, go with a, a heart that's trying to seek knowledge and understanding, or even like how you can help.
2: Sure. Yeah. And like trying to more establish a relationship of yes. here's who I am. Here's what I believe I'd love to learn from you. You know, I'm probably on another, I'm like, I'd love to learn from you too. It's, um, <laughs> something like that, instead of just like, Hey, I need a client and I'm not willing to spend any time telling you about myself or what I care about. Right. Yeah. I'm a lot less likely to send somebody to that person than somebody who I got to talk to and find out why they're even a doula. Right. Or yeah. I, yeah. What, yeah. what
0: their motivation is. Um, it was advice that I heard on a different podcast and the individual said um, people can tell when they're being hunted. Mm -hmm. So treat business as a garden. You're here to grow it. It's about nurturing. It's about building those relationships. You go out Mm -hmm. to your flowers and you talk to them, right? You play (laughs) music for them. Don't go uh, hunting because the person will be able to feel that they're essentially like an object you're trying to grasp onto. So yeah, just for and
1: and interestingly enough, I've had people reach out to me who were obviously like hunting me, right, right, yeah. and I'm like, man, I thought that we were gonna be friends. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think that's why it's been my hesitation to reach out to like midwives for that reason, like for the, that thought process, right? Like of like, well, I need clients, and that's a way to market, and that's where I feel like just making other birth workers this the way you get clients is I think a very interesting thing that like people will tell you because I've heard it so many times it's not even funny how do you feel about that Lindsay like as far as like, if we shared your handle and all 100 followers was like, hey, Lindsay. All all 100, y'all. All all 100. Did you
0: hear that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, 98, because me and Emmy follow the page. Well, I drove us. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I would love to hear that. Like, um, if 100 people reached out, what kind of questions would you want them to ask? Because that's another thing we wonder about with talking to midwives because some people's first exposure is this like is this time where they reach out for the first time like I said in my own story I had no exposure to home birth prior are there questions where you immediately can weed out like
2: oh you're like you're like green kid like you're real <laughs> <green>. <laughs> um hmm. I don't know if there's like an exact question that I would say like ah I mean, there probably is, but I can't think is it safe top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, if you are reaching out to a midwife to try to connect, asking things like, "What can I do to serve this community?" If you're new to the community, right? What kind of a community is this? You know, what do you feel like is needed here, and what are people looking for, what are people wanting? Um, yeah. I know doulas will offer all sorts of different things depending on the doula, right? Some yes. offer to photography, birth pools, you name it. Yeah, um,
0: we're a so, diverse
2: group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, I think that that's a good question to ask is more so like, yeah, what can I do for the community? how do you think I could help? As opposed to, I just attended my first birth. And so now I'm qualified. And so now give me all of the referrals, please. <laughs> and
1: then well, and I think that even brings up a good question about what do you feel like the community needs like from doulas? Ooh. Like, I think that's a great like question to ask. Totally.
2: Um, so what does our community need from doulas. Uh I think that we need doulas who are inclusive. My yes. favorite word. My favorite <laughs> yes. thing to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I do think that there is a shortage of them in this specific community. Um, yeah. And so I am all for just more inclusivity in uh, this area that's the first thing that comes to mind for sure. I love that answer
0: and I i knew you were going to say it but it's great <laughs> to hear it um, but you inclusivity, know well. <laughs> is, right but inclusivity is a huge thing I think this community is really needing and I think um, just in the couple of years that I've been doing this I've seen such a shift in the dual community towards inclusivity and also mm-hmm. like widening and broadening our horizons and the different types of communities that exist inside of phoenix and what's actually going on versus like what we perceive right so
1: so what do you mean by that
0: when i first started in january 2020 um home birth midwives were not being bombarded like they are now and so there's a lot more home birth midwives who are getting work because of the stuff going on with covid but also we're seeing because people are floating away from those hospitals more individuals who might be using different pronouns than maybe what we would have been exposed to or individuals on different points of of like income or like even racial stuff going on because they're starting to flock away from the traditional sets which means they're going to get exposed to home birth midwives or even birth centers and then comes us like the exposure to doulas or like IBCLCs and all the other types of birth workers out there where they're suddenly like whoa I didn't know y'all existed outside there's a whole world out here yeah and vice versa is also happening I think as well where us as a birth worker community is getting exposed to those individuals and be like yo there's a bunch of you i had no idea there was a bunch of you guys living in like little hollywood of like phoenix Mm -hmm. or wherever it is so
1: and that's so interesting because my intro into birth work was through social media and through all like black queer non-binary birth workers so like once i got into phoenix and i got into birth work i was like oh this is not what I saw. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my mindset around it was just like, oh, this is like kind of an alternative thing. This is an advocate role. So it makes sense that it's from my point of view, because I only saw this like very like subsection of it was like, oh, that makes sense. Where like queer people and non-white people are the ones who need to be advocating for each other. And so it kind of made sense to me. And so it is, it has been odd to me to step into doula work and be like, that's, that's not what I, what I saw on social media at all. Yeah. (laughs) Which big shocker social media fooled me.
0: (laughs) Oh, It's never done that before.
2: (laughs) The community out here is just a little bit, um, probably different than a lot of the communities that have big social media platforms and where they're coming from um you know practicing in mesa gilbert as opposed to somebody who is practicing in la is probably seeing just a completely different yes home birth client
1: yeah Mm
2: -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah
0: um, I often comment on like one of my doula partners, uh, she comes from a Mormon background and how we joke that that's the only reason we get clients is because they see my sweet Mormon <laughs> doula partner. And then I come on screen with my dyed hair and tattoos and like potty mouth. And they're like, we'll trust her, but like, you're just like an extra add on. And then after they're like, "You're here oh, for color, was, right. It was so great having you in the room because people yeah. were scared of you. Like, yeah, you know, the two tattoos.
2: <laughs> like you wander around Um. yeah and i i have loved the clientele that i've had out here for sure um so many great clients but i if i was using words to describe them you know i'd use the word awesome and wonderful but not diverse that is Uh not a word that would be used to describe my clientele at all yeah um
0: do you think that a lot of this has to do with uh phoenix um demographic itself or do you find that we're still having a hard time penetrating those other communities
2: i think it's both okay um i think well and again i'm in a little mesa bubble Right, yeah, that's I fair. I'll yeah. come at it with that, and I can't speak for all of Phoenix because mm-hmm. I don't really go too far outside of the Mesa, Gilbert, Queen Creek ish, Chandler, East Valley, yeah, totally yeah. The East Valley, Valley. yeah, totally. yeah, um, which is definitely different than downtown Phoenix, yeah, right. um, so. From that side, yeah, I think that just the demographic of people who are living in these areas is not um, diverse or minority in any aspect. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there is probably when you fall into one of those groups, right? Being queer or black or non-binary, whatever. Um, it's already hard for you to reach out and find care because it's scary, right? Because you yes. are already at a higher risk for a lot of really bad outcomes, right? Yes. When we're looking at maternal mortality and just, just really scary stuff. So to think about not only having to go seek care, but to have to seek care from someone quote unquote alternative. I could see that being an even bigger, scarier obstacle. And because you could almost accidentally out yourself of like, right. look who I hired
0: to be my whoever. And it's like, oh, interesting. That's what they have in their profile. <laughs> like now I know you're one of those because it's in their profile.
1: Right? That's a good, totally. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And
2: because we don't have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of clients all the time because it's just usually... One of us are a practice of two or three midwives. Right. Um, that, yeah, when they find a place that is considered a safe space, and if it, it could totally do what Emmy's talking about, right? Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think that that might be part of a, the problem. And I don't know if enough of us are advertising ourselves as safe places either. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, if it's not going to be outwardly obvious, people are not going to want to take, I mean, not, I'm not speaking for everybody, but right, right. I how it could be scary to take that risk of reaching out when you can't find anything on their website or on their social media that says that they're going to be a safe provider for you.
1: Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's super fair. And I, and I appreciate your candor on speaking on this because um, I can tell even like you talking about, it makes you a little bit nervous because by no means are we saying that we have to call out our community and be like, you guys yeah. need to do better or whatever. But I think that there is something to be said of that's a lot of responsibility that we're putting on potential clients and mm-hmm. people yeah. who are at a higher risk of harm or abuse or neglect and all of the above being done towards them. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, and
1: that was what I was gonna ask about because you know you talked about your clientele not being diverse per se, but isn't that the case for home birth in general? You know.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. sure
1: it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, because there's so many barriers to accessing home birth and accessing, you know, like you said, that care, even knowing that it exists, which I find is like one of the biggest obstacles is most people have no idea (laughs) they have no idea it exists or that it could be a safer option for them or, you know, any of the potential benefits of home birth, you know, or even just a safer place in general, like somewhere where you might be accepted, (laughs) you know, who you are. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So so, sorry. No, you're okay. Go
1: ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, so then my next question was, um, Okay, I don't know. You seem like really nice. So maybe you won't want to answer this one. But my question was Is there one thing that doulas do that you don't love? Or that and you would it's say. It's okay hey, if
0: you answer this and after you answer it, you're like,
1: We can cut it. It's fine. <laughs> but but I, you seem really sweet. So Just I don't so know what no, <laughs> to totally. um,
2: I will. I'm truly trying to think of something. And I nothing's coming to mind and maybe I've just worked with really awesome doulas. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And <laughs> he's like,
1: yeah, I'm one of them.
2: I, <laughs> because I I just I love having doulas present so much. I love being able to have them just be a part of the team pick their wisdom. You know, if we're dealing with a baby in a poor position and I went through everything and wrapped my brain and sometimes I'll come up with something and they're like, I learned about this in this training. Cool. Like that just, I love it. And you know, they know when also is time to step out of the way. If something's going on, I haven't had any issues and I have heard of other midwives that have had issues with doulas, like not clearing the way when they need to get in there. Um, which we rarely do, but when we do, we need to. Right. Um, so I haven't had that experience, but I guess if that happened, that would be something that would irk me just because <laughs> I I don't want to have to shove someone out of the way, but yeah. I will if I have to. <laughs> what was the song? Move out the way,
0: bitch, move out the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's a really good, piece of advice to know and I think that comes from awareness of space right and speaking as a doula who's been in intense moments the biggest thing is not to lose lose your brain um Mm -hmm. because I think it is so easy to hit fight flight freeze or fawn in in birth situations even if you are uh more knowledgeable than the family or whatever it may be yeah but one deep breath everyone take a deep breath and suddenly you'll find that your brain kicks back on and you're able to do the things like move out the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, when it comes to, if we are, if we have clients and they're like, I want to do a home birth. What are some questions that you would like us to have them equipped with when they interview with you? Because sometimes that's a part of our gigs too, is so that way we can give them certain questions or even like prompting points. Um, because we've already spoken about it. Like not every midwife is created equal. So maybe some of your insights of ways that we can make sure that they're getting with the best possible midwife. If we haven't worked with every best possible midwife yet.
2: Yeah, no, what a good question. Um, and when I'm doing interviews and I'll have somebody who's like, I want to interview, but I have no idea what to add. Like I, I'm just sitting here. What do I even do? Um, I'm always approaching it in two ways I say okay are you wondering if you even are right for a home birth or are you trying to pick perfect midwife because those Ooh. are two different questions that need to be answered separately right yeah. <laughs> can you answer both of those questions <laughs> yes. so um the first one that needs to be answered is do I even want a home birth as a home birth right for me Um, because if it's not, then don't even, you don't even need to go interview other midwives because you just, the home birth isn't right for you. Um, So we, a lot of times through that conversation, we'll talk about, you know, there's risks no matter where you choose to birth. And there are certain risks with birthing out of the hospital, but I'm equipped in, you know, X, Y, Z, and we discuss those, you know, is that something that you are comfortable with is that something you're feeling okay with um I don't have an option to give you pain medicine right and I do have people who reach out to me wanting a home birth that's medicated and I'm like I am so sorry <laughs> but I cannot give you an epidural out. we all do is- babe we all want that yeah yeah like, <laughs> that would be incredible but there's just no way right um, so making sure they really understand what that means. No, I'm not gonna be able to give you even pills, like nothing, I've got nothing for you except for some warm water, my hands, like this is what we've got working with. Are you ready for that? Okay, yes. Um, are you low risk? Then is the other thing that needs to be figured out, which is less of a want. It's a, do you have any pre-existing conditions we need to talk about? Um, Do you have any any kind of reservations that need to be discussed right now? And we just go through kind of the list. Um, And in the the state of Arizona, there are things that we cannot attend at home per our rules. So um, we talk about those as well. Uh, For example, somebody who goes past 42 weeks, we are not legally allowed to attend at home. Uh, twins, we cannot attend at home, um, uh, VVAC after more than one C-section. Yep. So we have a whole handful of things. And so, okay, if all of those boxes are checked, you go, I am low risk. I want this home birth. I understand everything it entails. You move into the next phase, which is who is the right midwife for you? And I tell people to please go interview multiple midwives which probably is like not in my benefit as far as like a business person, but it's not about me. Right. Right. Um, because... Or is it the best thing you can do? Yeah. Like, I, was about, to s- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to go interview these
0: other people. You're going to be back. You're going to be I do that. you spin that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's like, I, I'd say that to doula clients like personally or like consults, like you should find out if there's a better doula for you. Really? you know I probably. am such
0: a cocky asshole guys I'll be like <laughs> oh look here's the deal we're gonna go through this interview if we're not the best fit I know who will be and I'll send them to the correct people yeah. because I've gotten to know my community well enough but it also gives me points and a lot of times they'll end up back at me because they're like wow you knew the exact right people to talk to
1: yeah I mean, so you know more. like yeah
0: never mind I'll I'll hang out with you like <laughs> I also I find
1: that
2: of your confidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, don't we all, right? <laughs> um But I, I, I find that's a good way. If I feel a client isn't right for me as well, usually I'm like, I'm very like, just I really want you to find the person who's best for you. And then they don't come back, and usually I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I, you know. Totally, it yeah. has to
2: be a good fit on both sides. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, because if either side is not vibing, right, that will come up during the birth. Yeah. They're like, without a doubt. And I mean, if you even get through all the prenatals leading up, we see our clients so much and for so long that if we're not a good fit, getting through those hour long appointments is going to be torturous. Yeah. <laughs> you want yeah. To- You want to be with somebody who you feel comfortable with and who you can talk with. And I always tell them, you know, it's not about me. So I will help you in whatever way. Um, But so interview multiple midwives. Ask them if you have certain things that are so important to you to be acknowledged for your birth, whatever. Maybe it's religious. Maybe it is that you are queer. Maybe it's you want, you know, you are a person of color and you want another person of color as your provider, whatever it is, there's no wrong thing that you desire. And we can probably find somebody who fits the box of whatever you're needing. Yes. So being honest with the person you're interviewing in whatever way that you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. right. Cause it is still an interview. Um, right. But asking questions that are kind of geared around your, your, wants and needs. Right. So it's, it's hard to say like an exact, like you should ask this question because it's, if you're really, you know, your religion is super important to you and you want somebody who is religious and who's going to pray with you, then that's something that needs to come up in case the midwife you're interviewing is not because like you said, we're not all created equal. We are all in different places and have different, I mean, we're people, right? I got hired for a home birth where the gal was
0: very clear that she wanted Lord of the Rings playing in the background because that was her comfort thing. (laughs) It's no mystery why they hired me as their dual. Emmy's
1: ideal client. I love Um,
0: it, where was I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they were with a particular midwife who was super down for that. Um, So I think it's um, speaking in that way of like asking those questions beforehand and they asked it as a silly thing. But it also allowed them to tap into like, is this midwife okay with some amount of distraction going on, right? Like uh, things playing in the background that comfort me versus like someone who's like, I'd rather you just just music please like or <laughs> like bringing that up kind of thing and to to their credit they were like we know that midwives jobs are to keep us safe so right. like i'm trying to make sure i don't bring someone in who like gets sucked in to lord of the rings too hard <laughs> and they're not able to like do their game Oh, what, a baby's <laughs> coming right, right. <laughs> frodo's about to like kill this thing so <laughs> everyone wait <Yeah>.
1: like <laughs> someone who has seen the movie before and won't like be like what's gonna happen next (laughs) right exactly
0: (laughs) suddenly it's 2004 all over again for them like (laughs) um no that's that's really good insight and I love how you broke those two apart because I I know um that a lot of times when people are deciding an in-hospital experience versus an out-of-hospital experience and especially a home experience the very first thing is like am I a good candidate or like is this a good idea and then is the question of like who gets to attend it or like who yeah. their team is.
1: Do you find like a lot, a, a good amount of your like interviews are people trying to decide if home birth is right for them or are more people coming because they already know that or want that?
2: I, I would say probably 30% of, you know, random percentage, but I, right. I think that our calls where either they think they want a home birth and then we talk about it and they go, Oh, I had no idea. (laughs) I'm like, glad we talked. Like not for you. Um, Or we talk and we find out that they're actually not as low risk as they thought, which is Mm. such a bummer. I hate that conversation of like, you should be in a hospital. I'm sorry, but this is really the safest place for you to be.
1: Do you mind answering like when that happens? Like what kind of things? What kind of conditions or what? Sure. What's the word I'm looking for? What what, what types of things? Yeah,
0: for being high risk. or yes. too high risk for home birth.
1: Yes, I think it's thank you. What you're trying to get out. <laughs> My brain went away. Look, man, it's been a long
2: day. We're in the midst of an interview. We're supposed to be chill. It's
1: all good.
2: Totally. Um. Yeah. So I have had stuff where like a bleeding disorder that they have. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not something that you are wanting to deal with at home. Right. That is a pretty easy, like straightforward. Nope. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. Some of them are more gray areas. If somebody has what they call hypertension, right? Then I might yeah. want to investigate more. Okay, well, what are we talking with hypertension and how high is it actually hypertension or did you just have one high blood pressure once and you think that
1: you have hypertension? <laughs> like what does that mean medically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so sometimes it like warrants further investigation and we have to figure it out. Um Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other like specific that I've had, there are some mental, um, things that they are medicated for. They should be in a hospital. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Just because say they're on a high dose of antipsychotics, they probably should be in a hospital situation because you're not wanting them to stop those to come into your care. Mm -hmm. Right, because those really need to be managed closely. Um, Obviously, mental health is so important. Yeah. Um, But there are certain medications where the baby can have withdrawals from them afterward. Got you. And so that's something that you want to be aware of and you probably want to be in a hospital for. Um, It depends, right? It's not all of them, but there is. For sure. and so that's why that would be something if you are on medications, that's something to bring up and say, yeah. I'm taking all of these. And if, you know,
1: do I continue to them? My Am kin- I gonna
2: stay low risk? Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. And and I know that you're on my like plus size pregnancy resource list. So is there so. BMI, I'm assuming, is not an issue. Is there any other like things that would make you high risk in a hospital that wouldn't make you high risk in home birth setting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a
0: wonderful question. That is a really good question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because we say say low risk, but low risk means different things in different places. You know, I walk into a hospital and they're like, yeah, high risk. (laughs) MFM, let's go. Like, you know, right. (laughs)
2: Um, yeah, so definitely I do not care about BMI. Yeah,
1: <laughs> nobody um, should in I reality, pretty, but it's yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing how many do it's literally pointless and made up, but you know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Just um, saying. <laughs> uh, over 35 is the big one that comes to mind. Oh. I do not, uh, Consider my patients geriatric, right? That's the. Term. That's a favorite like, word. That's everyone's that's favorite word. So oh my
1: insulting, God. honestly.
2: It's terrible to call somebody in their thirties. No geriatric. So yeah.
1: Not you. Your uterus. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> if that makes it better.
1: It doesn't. My uterus needs <laughs> no.
2: <makes> a cane. <laughs>
1: My oh, uterus okay. is using retinol cream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my uterus thinks it might have hypertension and three other conditions, but maybe it doesn't. It also started water aerobics this week. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> I was going to say my uterus needs a mammogram.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, um, sorry. <laughs> so, plus but 35. Yes. Yeah, and so... And BMI... Over 35 BMI, um, let's see, VBAC is something that we'll do truly. at home. Um, we do, per the state of Arizona, have like little things around that. You can't have a breech VBAC. That's not mm. allowed. Uh, we have to make sure that, you know, placenta is not sitting over your scar, that you had the traditional or the low risk. Uh, oh my gosh, I cannot speak. Low <laughs> horizontal. Low, Thank you. Can you just say it for me? Yeah, okay. You. The bikini cut, the low horizontal, <laughs> low um, transverse
0: incision. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is your babies have to be at least 18 months apart. Okay. Um, um, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize. So that's one of the big things that I talk about in a lot of my education is making sure if you're 18 months apart, and that means your due dates. So yep. you can be risked out even if your due date is like 17 and a half, week, like Ugh. 17 months plus two weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. They still cannot take you under care because we can't hope that you make it to that 18 months. Yeah. So speaking from yeah. experience, uh, yeah. I, I was that person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, That's so yeah, fun. I missed it by two weeks to be with the CPM.
1: Oh, no. Oh, and then that would breach our um, breach births. Can CPMs attend bre- breach births would be my question.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um we are all going to have different comfort levels mm-hmm. when it comes to who and when and what it looks like. Yeah. Um, how and why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh so I know some midwives will not attend a breach if it's the first time. Um mm. that's and I I get it. Um I have actually never attended a breach in person. I've done the training and all the babies have flipped before. (laughs) So I am grateful for that. But I know for me personally, I would have another midwife come in. Um, I would pay another midwife to come assist me who's really well-versed in it. Um, But like I would be open to doing it because I do have the skills from the trainings that I've done. Um, But yeah, so it is allowed as long as you're not a VBAC and your midwife is comfortable with it. Okay. Okay neat
0: um
2: and then i guess
0: my last question pertaining to at least like clients and you and like that kind of thing because i went to a home birth with you guys where there was a ton of people what is the max number you've ever seen of people (laughs) attending a home birth oh yeah that that birth didn't even have that many really because there, are like grandma like three grandmas were there there was like a granddad there were 17 kids i felt like i was at one of my like mexican weddings that i used right. to go to as a kid like well, in, every compar- in comparison
1: to hospital births when you have oh, yeah. more than one person you're like this room's a little cramped where, where they we're are all we're hanging out in stand? the living room
0: watching like a game but still it was like <laughs> totally. they would come
2: in and you're like oh okay you're now in here like <laughs> and know. so lots of family hanging out in the living room, I would say is so common. Like just everybody comes out and just hangs out and waits for baby. I have seen that a lot. Um, the most, I don't even know that I can count the, it was a very large bedroom, very, very large bedroom. And it was one of the most beautiful births I've ever attended because, she was just surrounded by all of her like sisters, and just it was just this giant circle of just support. Um, I want to say in the bedroom, there were my best guess is going to be like 22 people. Wow, that's and the party running it's around, baby was shower. Out. It was, yeah, having the baby
1: shower at the home birth now,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And the kids got to all see it and yeah, there was just, it was such a big like family event and it was so beautiful and incredible. There might've been more than that, truly like the, And the room was so big. The bedroom was so big. <laughs> so we weren't even crowded with that many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the most that I've seen. Yeah. All right. That was,
0: that was the surprise to me about attending that birth was how many people were there. And then also how quiet you guys were. Uh, yeah. speaking about the differences of like home birth versus hospital birth uh midwives came in and it was very quiet it was so serene on them and they did not say a word and i was like is anyone gonna say anything this lady's like <laughs> trying to push out a baby and no one's even like said a, a word All that's right. what I, I
1: that's one of my it's i love that about midwives i yeah. love the like they're there but they're not like taking over the Space in my experience, taking over like the spotlight or like the attention yes. or the, you know what I'm saying? And I, and sometimes nurses or OBs sometimes have that energy, you know, where you mm-hmm. see so many midwives who are just there observing, you know, it's like the most calming presence, honestly. It <laughs> <is>. it <laughs> is. It is. A do it like, come second. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have my last question is, um, what do you have any advice for doulas who are wanting to support home births? Because I personally know a lot of doulas and I've heard a lot of doulas talk about only wanting to do home and birth center births and only wanting to work with midwives. So I'd love like to hear if you have any advice for people who are wanting to really focus on that as doulas.
2: Hmm. Um, I I think that's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm so glad that people are gravitating towards home birth. I'm glad that they're not assuming that they're not going to be needed because they are still needed very much so yeah. in a home setting. So I guess first off, reminding themselves that that they are still needed and that they're not superfluous, and um, to not be afraid to connect with the midwife. To not be afraid to, you know, ask questions too. Like if you're there and you are wondering about something, you're super green, right? It's okay to pull the midwife aside and say, hey, what was going on there? And most of us can, I'm assuming, would be more than happy to explain, well, this is everything that we were seeing and this is why I chose to do that. You know or debriefing after the birth I'm always happy to do that with anybody that was there a doula or my assistant or whoever to just talk it through. I think that's one of the best ways that we can learn um and really process. So just don't be don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be scared.
1: It's okay. <laughs> don't let imposter syndrome get the best of you you know don't be intimidated by the
0: work. Don't be yeah. intimidated. Don't yeah.
1: Well, I Think that's um, awesome. You got anything you. else, Emmy? No,
0: no? I, I got my questions answered. Yeah, I feel me too. really <laughs> stoked about our time we were able to spend with you. And thank you, friend, for spending your part of your thank evening you. with us. Um, we're really appreciative. And I know that the doulas who end up hearing this will feel really affirmed in trying to be a part of that community and like furthering home birth because like like you said i think there's a bit of intimidation or like what if she knows that i'm new um right and that's okay yeah Yeah. i
1: i'm ready to attend to attend births with you i'm ready for you to attend my next birth honestly there you go go.
2: i would love
1: to all right well this has been ring of fire i'm alex Barr.
0: And I'm Emmy, the birth wizard.
1: And our very first wonderful guest was.
2: Lindsay, the midwife. <laughs> <laughs> All right.